spoken maybe. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I have a dream that at moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I have dreamed waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional materials. You wake up one morning after not reading a book since your school days and you decide to be a writer. With no good or bad writing to compare against your own, you just know how to write and anyone who tells you otherwise is wrong. Hell, maybe they're jealous of your natural ability to craft the masterpiece. After all, most people need to learn through a combination of books, courses, critical feedback and workshops. Not you though. It's not their fault. They don't realise your natural talent, but they soon will. How to Write Wrong is the new book by Amanda Steele. The book, which is an interactive story, gives the reader multiple options throughout its story. The book can be purchased from Amazon. Spoken Thank you today for tuning in to Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and as of recording has over 200 sessions in our archive. Although the podcast can be heard on Anchor, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, YouTube and literally 10 or 11 other networks, the full archive can be found at Spoken Label, all one word, Spoken Label dot bandcamp.com. On Bandcamp, it is set as pay what you want, so you are entitled, if you wish, you can download it or stream it for nothing. But if you throw me a couple of pennies my way, it is always eternally grateful to help me maintain the operating costs and future running plots for the podcast. Enjoy. Spoken Label. Hi guys. And the end. Spoken Label. Back in the house and back on Zoom again tonight. And I've got a reoccurring friend with me today as well. Because it's always good when I do Spoken Label. I like to think nowadays because it's been going for a few years. Every now and then we get back to catch up with reoccur- a friend from the past. And the lady we've got with us today. We've just been working this one out, Sarah, haven't we? And we talked on, what, about April 2018, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's been good fun, because I want to talk to you about She's got a really interesting project out today, so that's why I want to do a special podcast on that. But, Sarah, before we start, obviously, introduce yourself to everybody. Give me, tell everybody who you are, and a quick overview, and then we'll talk about your project in a bit. Thanks, Andy, and thank you for having me back on. Um, yeah, I'm a poet, fiction writer, um journalist and photographer um i write as both sarah james and sarah leavesley which because otherwise people get a lot of confusion when they suddenly find me in one name and then another name um but i like dabbling with poetry film um audio pretty much anything creative and i like something new so yeah yeah that was that like you've done what is it Four full poetry collections, haven't you? And three pamphlets or something on that territory, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as I can remember, two novellas as well, unless you've done something else at all. Yeah, yeah, the two novellas. And I 
kind of half I have a poetry play but I kind of the words are mine but actually a lot of that is also to do with the director and the actress that I had working with me on it if you know what I mean because yeah, yeah. uh, they took it on tour and and it did develop through their input when it was touring but that was great fun Oh yeah, completely. Yeah. That's for something completely different, isn't it? So it does surprise me knowing yeah. you there, right? If you're and everyone knows you, you do you do all kinds of things like you was um, and I love looking at the fact here like just looking at your bio on your website and been lazy. Like it was I didn't I I've forgotten that you got shortlisted, didn't you, in the Gatehouse Press New Fictions Prize 15 2015 and 16. I and did. You yeah. won the Oxford today. Oh, get, get the teeth out now. Oxford today through the thrash competition in 2014. Oh, that's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thriller and flash. Mother flash. Yeah. See, I can't do it now. I'll turn it into thrash instead of flash, which is not not what the story was. But yeah, no, I've um, dabbled in different things. Had some luck along the way. Had lots of support from people as well. So yeah, uh, that's how. It before we go into your main project room, I want to ask you about because I'm okay. you, you had a you were a resident artist at High Window last year, which has come obviously after we originally chatted that Dad didn't know about. And tell us a bit yeah. more about that. Well, that was just I, I I like photography, um, mm. and I've taken photos for a while. But then you know most of us take photos. It's what we do. Um, we have cameras and we take photos. So I, I, I like playing with them creatively, but I'm not a technical phot photographer, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, of course, um, yeah. You know, I, I, it's more a case with me of thinking that looks nice and then taking 50 shots in the hope that one will turn out to be the one that, that feels how I want it. Um, so, and it was just completely out of the blue to be... Um, I can't even remember exactly how it how it had happened. I think I was working with um, combining photos with um, short, almost almost haiku esque poems. So really, really short poems, um, so that they can be used on social media quite easily, rather than having a long poem. Um, and um, yeah, David asked me if I'd be the high window resident artist. I was like. <laughs> So it's you know really lovely, great opportunity and um, big confidence boost actually to try a bit more with photography. Um, and I did some of the photo poem combinations. Um, I also did for one issue. Um, I created like photos that I felt would go with four of the poems. Um, so they were involved in collage and you know. Not, using multiple photos together to create an effect that I felt in some way matched the, um, the poem, other people's poems. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was fun. No, it does. I think, it's, I think as an artist, I'm always a firm believer. Like you said already, it's great you're trying other projects all the time and stuff, but I think when you're creative, you can try your hand to know anything, can't you? And like that case there, like it give you, give you a new challenge, something completely different, didn't it? I mean, I've also, I think also I've been lucky. I mean, collaboration's a great thing. If you get a chance to collaborate with people, like with poetry film, I've been lucky to, to collaborate with some really good filmmakers. So you, I kind of learn, pick up tricks from them in that process, even though I'm on board as a writer. Um, and, you know, in all fairness, I have quite a few much stronger photographer friends 
who shared tips with me um, and advice and you know things that have helped me to improve what I'm doing with my work. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, I do. I think you always, I think those sort of cross collaboration ideas. You always get something from that anyway. So no matter what yeah. you do, you learn something from it. You're great. Now, what we're here today to talk about is your new project, aren't we? Which, yeah, yeah which um, obviously, like you said, your new project, Room, which is a multi poetry narrative. Now, what's really interesting to me about this because um, I didn't know you were actually diabetic. That's why, Zarkis. I'm like we both said off Mike, I'm diabetic as well. So what led you to create start this project off room then? Um it came together in multiple different ways. I, I mean I have historically not written anything at all or very little about my diabetes. Um I grew up with it being kind of pretend to be normal, pretend it's not there almost. Um mm. so well, did you get it when you were a child and did you? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was six when I was diagnosed. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I've grown up with it to the extent that although you're not, I'm not diabetes, I'm not my disability, there is no way it couldn't help shape the person I've become because it, it, was, it was there in my formative years. Um, and I actually read, I don't know if you've read it or seen it, the Nine Arches did an anthology um wow i'm gonna remember the name wrong staircase and whispers or whispers and staircase is that about diabetes um, no it was poets with all sorts of disabilities or experience of this different disabilities um i think they got some deaf poets um um People who basically people with all sorts of disabilities, whether they're physical disabilities or more mental disabilities, or I don't like using that word because actually, when you go and read that book, they are just so amazingly creative and so amazingly strong pieces um, in there. Um, and I guess that maybe allowed me to start thinking about the fact that actually diabetes wasn't just something that I could flick away it actually is a lot bigger than I'd allowed its space to be, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. Um, yeah. It does for that myself. Like I've, wrote, I've had it for 10 years now, or nine years, nine and a half years. And I've not really wrote anything about it yet. I've had things in the background and pieces, but never directly touched it. So that's why I, I was in respect you. It took you, like you said, even longer than me to, come, to, to confront it, really, didn't you? So. Yeah, um, and that's yeah, so that's what happened. Then I started thinking, well, okay, it, it's okay to write about it. Maybe there's even something useful or positive about writing, writing from that point of view and about that. Um, and I guess maybe there's the kind of, you get to a certain age and you're sort of working out what, where your life is, what it's all been about, who you are as a person, that kind of stuff. And it all fits in with that. Um, so I started actually writing about it. Um, and also because it's, a, Room is a multimedia project, um, so it's got photography um, and animations created using photos in it. Um, part of that was actually looking also physically. My mum always used to talk about the fact that before I was diagnosed, with hindsight, you could tell because I was so, my face was so thin and sunken in. And if you look at the year photos before diagnosis, at diagnosis, and then once I was actually being treated, yeah, you yeah. could see yeah, yeah. my face, but only in hindsight. 
Um, yeah, you do. Um, was, it, was, it, was it hereditary in your family and diabetes, or was it? Um, yeah, um, well, um, I, I don't always keep up with the research. I think they've, as far as I'm aware, the latest on it is that it's likely that I have um, a weakness, shall we say, a, an inherited weakness. Then I got a virus, you know, just like a cold virus, yeah. but rather yeah. than it clearing up afterwards, it triggered my body to go into um, extra white cell production and to start attacking itself. Yeah, yeah, um, and, it, yeah. yeah and in the pancreas, and, and so, so yeah, so there is there is a hereditary um, element in it. My grandfather had diabetes. Um, he was eighteen when he was diagnosed, but he lived with us as a teenager, um, and he actually um, he lost he had complications and he lost his sight and his um one of his legs from gangrene so um nasty nasty it's in my case it's really worse than yours because i collapsed a bit at work i had no inkling inkling of it at all now at the time i burnt myself out i overdid it but um my dad's got it he had it got it at 60 and that's 85 now and we found and my mum and dad on there had told me about this this, this is common knowledge that I didn't know until after I got it that we ran and mum's dad had it. He died wow. after that too, so I don't remember him. And I thought well, as soon as I found that one out, I thought, you know, I thought he doesn't know straight away he's on both sides of your family. But so yeah. and then, but then my, that terrified my younger brother. My brother's you now got it as well. So he got it when he was younger oh, yeah. than me, so younger I got it. So what he does is he makes you caught make you change your whole life. And that's your case, you you you've loved it all your life and really haven't you? So that's why I so. can't remember before. Yeah. Before then. Um, no, yeah. Yeah, completely. Now, obviously, with the room then, I know it's been the project, been, you tell me off my career, it's been going for a while, this project, hasn't it? So, yeah. uh, did the poems take quite a while to come together? Because it's a 40 odd poems or something, isn't it? They, 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 there's as many, I'm going to say there's as many rooms as, the, <laughs> as my age. Oh, yeah, right. Well, well, 21, 21 then basically <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, yeah i i mean i should probably say that some some of the poems are directly related to what the diagnosis was like um and you know specific in mentioning the diabetes but many of them are about everyday life but through the viewpoint of what I call the six-year-old traumatist, which is the viewpoint of that terrified six-year-old, which obviously I'm not anymore, but some element of that kind of six-year-old reaction to what happened is part of my personality still, even as an adult, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, completely, yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, so yeah, so some of the, over it's been about three four maybe five years that i've been working on them all together um you know and a lot of them you write them then you kind of come back to them and they change because you edit them and maybe mess with the order and what goes where that kind of thing um and that was just it was all page it was all on the page only with um the room kind of being a box-like shape on the page with a poem around it and then the title for each poem inside the room. Um, 
which I think in my head is the sense of both being trapped within in the limits yeah, yeah. having pieces placed on me, but also to some extent being trapped outside of a normal world slightly. Um, a sense of maybe living life for a distance, which I think is a reaction to childhood diagnosis and not knowing how to cope with it. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I completely agree. That's why I found it really interesting, isn't it? It's, it's, it's took you so long to write the project. Did you actually, did you look, you look back at it now and think yourself, it's gone a completely different direction to what you originally envisaged as? Yeah, I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for a start, it being online is completely a different way to, to what I'd intended. I'd intended it on the page. Um, and then I got emergency funding from Arts Council England to turn it into um, a hypertext narrative where people can click on links in yeah. the poetry text and that takes them to a different room. Um, and actually that, you know, I've played with hypertext poetry and poetry film and photography as we've talked about already before. Mm. Um, so it wasn't kind of not there. It was, you know, that idea, I suppose, and that potential was always there, but there was no real reason to do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah of course, yeah. And that gave me a reason to do it. Um, and actually now, it kind of feels really right, because to some extent, for me at any rate, the, the notion of there being multiple routes through it, and of, you, of readers having some control in that they click on a link, and it it takes them to a room but actually they don't know where that room's going to be or what's going to be in that room which to some extent for me is a bit like living with diabetes you have certain things that are supposed to work and should be what you do in certain circumstances you take extra insulin to bring your blood sugar down you, or you exercise you take food if your blood sugar's low that kind of thing but they don't always actually <laughs> turn out the way you expect them to turn out unexpected oh, yeah. I've had that before now yeah I've had that before now. When I got up, the, got up for the first thing in the morning, collapsed. And in my case, I was with my ex actually. I remember as well because she had a Bengal cat, and I don't know what you know about cats. That cat was psychic nearly to her, and I collapsed in front of the cat at half six o'clock in the morning. And the cat went and woke his mum up, my ex, and it was oh. sat like a mother's face, yarking her, tapping her on the face for about ten minutes when she woke up. Like, because they're very like dogs, they are. And yeah. then, then as you twigged eventually, that was on the floor, passed down. So, <laughs> but you do like it's diabetes, like it. You don't know what you're going to get from day to day, and that's why. Okay. So, and that's why this your project here, like you take on different rooms, like different elements of where you, your life could be, and how to be diabetic. We're going on your website itself. So, did it take? Was it quite a long process to actually design onto the website and Jordy, but the program inside of it? Um. If I'd been starting from scratch and never done anything like it before, it would have been. Um, because I've done stuff like it before, and of course the poems were already written, it was just a question of putting them onto the, um, onto the website. So copying and pasting across and doing a bit of formatting to get it to go right. Um, and creating the images um, and adding the audio. Um, and then I plotted out which rooms are going to link to which and then I had to go through and manually make sure that the links were in the right place and do that. It took me about a week of solid work yeah, to put all of that. Um, 
um, believe that because I know Amanda's just done this. I don't you've seen this. She's done a choosing on the venture book, and she did that as a Kindle, and she had to format everything to be like it went from one page to the next on the Kindle like that. And if you're not done that sort of thing for Amanda, I think I did it before. So, but actually, that that was a challenge yourself. Isn't very similar to that. You've got to treble check everything works properly, haven't you? So. Well, I also I had to I did have a few beta readers as well when I'd done it, and and the front page in particular, cha I changed things on it because because of feedback from my beta readers, um, because the links are only in the text, they're not on the photos, and something that became obvious to me with the first test runs from friends was that actually people. It, there was tendency sometimes for people to try and click on the, particularly the door because there's a door picture on the front page and yeah. to click on that and of course there's no link on the photos um so that was a little bit of extra coding that was new to me in in so it now pops up a little window which says please click on the text um so the, yeah the little bits like that but afterwards as well getting other people to double check them to make sure <laughs> yeah yeah of course yeah you do best checks oh, brilliant that do you have any ideas what where, where you want this project to go next then? Is it is it gonna do you reckon could you take it any further now? Is it gonna be like one of the book maybe? I would like, I would like to because I all of the poems in the room are from the third are in the third person from the six-year-old traumatist point of view. And I do have some other poems that are in the first person, which are less stream of consciousness, more kind of crafted poems about living with diabetes if that makes sense rather yeah, yeah. than yeah. stream of consciousness um uh, so yeah i would like potentially to try and find a publisher um for it um at, at some point and and get the, the whole thing out that way rather than just um i mean just i really like the multimedia and the hypertext links but in most cases people will find a route through without going in all the rooms um and it would be possible for someone to visit all the rooms but i think they'd have to sit down and not note down each choice they make each time if you know because what i mean i spent about a good hour uh, two times i've done it i've spent a couple of hours on it in total and i found it really fascinating because i'm very i'm very way i am i'll do it one way and then on the second mark i'll yeah. deliberately go the opposite way and it was fascinating really i've never done anything like that before Really was a fascinating project. So, brilliant. Have you ever yeah, done you. project wise at the moment? What's your favorite speed for it? Or is it top secret? No, no, I, yeah, I, I, you know that all about, about superstition about tempting fate. I mean, I've been working on a novel in Flash, um, which has been good fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, until see my reaction, like, wow, good <laughs> one. Well, I like I like working. I mean, it, it uh, in at the moment it's finished. It, it is finished in the stage that I think it's finished. Though I do know that sometimes, particularly with book projects, after a while you'll think, oh, but actually there was a strand there that I could have developed more. Yeah. So I'm not going to say yeah. it's. Um, but I like working in the flash form because it it there are the gaps between leave a lot more space for the reader to be involved with, and you know. Joining the dots, I suppose, is the phrase they typically use. Um, but so that there's a lot of room for reader imagination as well. It's not telling every little bit of everything that happens. Um, 
so that's been and I, I find that a really interesting way to write as well because there's a lot of space for not necessarily working in chronological order yeah, but getting your idea yeah. of the story and that story then and then kind of more flashes to join those bits together which then create new threads sometimes tie off other threads um and i think for me there is a certain reward in working in a flash form in that if the whole book fails i still have 80 odd different individual flash stories <laughs> like it I, i've done that over a couple of years in napoino you know not poetry writing much and what i did was about six years ago i did a 30 parts poetry sequence and a supernatural yes. story I enjoyed it that much. I did the second part, but I've done five parts of it now. I've got to sit down, and get it all sorted out of the book, and I've got 170 odd short poems. <laughs> I've got that sort that's similar, similar to you, and it's been, you do that sort of challenge, it's again, it's just something completely off the mad base, and it works. <laughs> okay, Sarah, now, yeah. if people want to find out more about you, I know we've got a website. So, is the website the best place for people to go to? Absolutely. And that's where they'll find the um, room as well. Yeah, of course. The website is sarah-james.co.uk, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, I thought I'd make sure on the right Sarah James page. Well, Mark, look, I saw I've said he's a porn star or something, right? I think the co.uk is probably quite important as well. I think them is a sarahjames.com, which is not me. Yeah, no, when we stay for that, and I apologise, I don't think she's a porn star, right? So, 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 right, Sarah, great stuff. Now, we're going to take a quick break, so I know you're going to do some poems for us next, aren't you? And we're going to do this in a slightly unorthodox way. So, everybody's interested, it's going to have to come back and watch. It's going to be something very different today. So, thank you again, Sarah, it's been a pleasure as always. So, thank you. See you all in a minute, guys. Thank take you. Spot Hi, guys. Okay. Now this is very unorthodox what we're doing here today, because what Sarah's got set up on her poems. Do you want to tell people, Sarah, what you're going to get me to help you out with in a minute? This I'm your willing assistant here. Yeah, I'm going to get. I'm going to make Andy take all the blame if you don't like the poems that I read, because no. I'm going to make him give me page numbers, and then I shall uh, read the poem on that page, assuming I've given him the right page numbers and there is a poem on that page. If not, you might get the nearest one to it instead. Yeah, very lovely. Right okay, what numbers have we got to cover, Sarah, between them? Between six and 90. I mean, it's more than I realised the was. <laughs> okay. They're not we'll all from the room, they're oh. from the longer manuscript, so. Okay, we'll start off with the first number, then, number six. Six. Diagnosis. Diabetes. Diabetes. Diab... Every time the room writes the word, she scratches it out. The room re-spells it on and on and... Loosed, letters bounce their sound around the walls. They fill the room, her brain, her heart. Her life becomes a secret echo box. What was and what might have been, locked in with what is, howling constantly at a pitch so shrill no one else can hear it decades later she still winces 
Brilliant. Okay, right. I'm trying to think now. It says six to nine. Pardon me, six to ninety. You said, didn't you? So yeah. Right, so we do four then. I think we'll move the narrative on. What did you say, Jose? My age, twenty-one. Twenty-one. Your age is not twenty-one. Our age. Good age. Okay, this is slightly surreal. The Ark as. As hypotheses go, it's perhaps her most unusual. The Ark as a bestiary, her room as rain gauge spilling over to fill the house with water, barking, and a dodo squawking. But wait, a rain gauge with windows and door? The room can't be the Ark because there's only her in it. The beasts roar from inside her. Yet, if animal hooves are hammering her chest, then the ark must be her heart. And though her heart is wooden, it's more an ale-drained cask tipped to its side, tap open. As mouths slurp the last dregs, she notices the slap and slosh of liquid at her feet. She dips a finger in, raises it to taste. Salt stings. Brine starts to crust her lip. The carpet now is soaking. Fish fins brush her calf. The ocean level is rising fast. She's awash up to her coral knees and the bed's a lone island. Cushions float past, slowly sinking to join her sodden slippers. But if her room's the flood and she still can't decide a working arc, what use Noah when non-stop files of noisy stompers are herded like refugees beneath a single leaking roof? She'd settle for a dove, a sprig of something green and unwilting. Yeah, that is surreal. <laughs> Never, I mean, wouldn't know it was Sarah who come to my writing workshop last couple of times, and I'm, I'm kind of used to way Sarah goes. You're capable of going, doing awesome, very surreal things, and that's what it asks surreal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, a bit of global warming, climate warming yeah. coming in there. We'll jump um, straight yeah. onto on my age now, then, which I'm going to admit to is 48, page 48. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this dear. isn't one that's actually, no, no, this, I, yeah, I, hopefully you like it. This isn't one that's in um, the room. It's one of the diabetes-related poems that's in the longer manuscript, which is of a more untainted by the six-year-old traumatist viewpoint, if you like. Um, and it has an epigram or epigraph for it, um, a kind of quote that comes with it, which is shows some signs of Asperger's or shy avoidant personality. People scare me because they're like milk bottles on winter doorsteps, contents distanced by glass and frozen to my touch. Even cracked, they're still rigid opaque, unflowing. 
If I reach out to grasp one, I might drop it. It wouldn't spill, but slivers cut my fingers, feet, heart. Worse, a fragment could lodge and become part of me. When I step towards them and open my mouth to speak, I'm the bottle of frozen milk. My richest cream is a thick seal, a foil lid welded to me. Cold and slippery, I slide into freefall, broken before I feel the stony path. I cut my own hands, souls, heart, and when I bleed, I bleed slivers of dirty glass. When I stop bleeding and peer through glass sharply, I see a world of emptied bottles or bottled empties, alike in the fear of jagged edges and a need for something filling. The tongues are waxed wick or a petrolled fuse of screwed feelings. One lit phrase, and we're makeshift lamps or primed grenades. Brilliant. Oh yeah, I really like that one. Yes, brilliant that. Now, I was gonna say do, do the fourth one's conclusion, but can I be cheating yet to do five? Sorry, what? I was going to okay. say just do four. Can you do five? I, thought I can do five, do, yes. That's we, that way we can take one, two, not the end of it, but closest to the end. So we'll move move along a bit then, okay? So Yeah, that's absolutely fabulous. Okay, 65. Go on then. Number 65. 60, 65. I feel like I should know what the bingo terms for these numbers are. <laughs> I've used some bingo. <laughs> Talk to me dyslexic as well. <laughs> okay. Um, it's called Self-Forgiveness, and it's part of a series of poems. There's one nearer the start, um, and they kind of use same ideas, but they get changed in the second one from how they were when they first appear. So, Self-Forgiveness. I will not say I'm sorry, because apologies anticipate a set response. And forgiveness is a mercy that must be strained like fortune telling tea, or the worst fates that might otherwise be revealed. It must be wrung like dirty water from a dishcloth, falling back in drops closer to blackness than gentle rain or dew. And yes, it's true that perhaps I've come to love this fault that I hate most, not for the disability, but through accepting that without it, what little would remain of the me I've come to know? Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, I can, I can see, I can, I can well relate to that one. Excellent stuff. Okay, the big conclusion now. Now I have to ask you a question now. What page number does the last poem start at? Because it was ninety. Is it on ninety? The last poem is it? Um, no, it it isn't. Do one, um, don't do that one, do the one before it then, if that makes sense, right? Stay away from the last one, do the one before, right? <laughs> you can use it as a tease then. <laughs> it's quite a long one, if that's okay. Oh, is it? Oh, is, are you comfortable in quite a long one, Alfred? Yeah, I'll do a short one. 
I'm fine, as long as you are. I'm <laughs> as long fine, as you I'm and fine. the listeners are. <laughs> I've got the easy job, right? So everybody knows. I'm the audience, so. <laughs> Go for it then, Sarah. Okay. So it's called Knots. The room is not a transparent cube, cracked stone, or empty shell. It isn't a hedgehog fossil or a bird box pretending to be a nest. Framed here as anxious symbol, metaphor for depression, the political sidetracked by the personal, the personal hijacked by the political, the ultimate all or nothing. Two not negatives do not always make a positive. Three definitely not. Against the odds, will always stay odd. By virtue of abstraction, words will always be at odds with truth. However harmonically kaleidoscopic, this dissonance may come to blows. The room itself is not though, unless she allows it so. When the walls come apart, it's a partnership of woman and metaphysics, of handle and hinges. The door opens as doors do, except when locked or blocked by force. Even ajar, the thin slice of light shocks her eyes and heart with its dazzle. Perhaps it is what the room has rumoured, that really she prefers the dark, the way it hangs around her, with the promise of a contrast always bolder, brighter and better. If she can't hold light or colour, they can't fade beneath her touch, can't trickle from her fingers. Then at last she gets it, that the whole is itself a sort of hope, and hope a kind of reason that's kinder than any she's known or felt before. Brilliant. That wasn't that long. <laughs> I thought you were going to keep me going with about 10 minutes, then that's fine. <laughs> it links back to quite a few of the other poems, so I'm not... Some of those elements in it maybe aren't, if you haven't read the other poems, that maybe don't resonate in the same way, if that makes sense. And of course, there's a lot of my wordplay dodge from thought to thought on it but um i thought yeah. it made sense there at the end of it to get you to do the second to last one not the last poem that we encourage that when the book comes out people will then have to go for a book to get to the last poem to get the conclusion but do i always firm believe that don't do this last chapter the second to last chapter of the tease leave them wanting more yeah. <laughs> best way but it's been fantastic i sarah really enjoyed hearing that so been a pleasure talking to you again as always and hopefully we'll catch up in about 18 months' time again with another spoken people session, definitely. Thank you, it's been great. And yeah, I'm sh hopefully we'll catch up before then, but maybe not on spoken label. Who knows? I will say so. Right, anyway, hang on down. Quick word you off mic. I've somewhat forgot what they've talked about. But thank you again. It's been a pleasure today, Sarah, as always. And this is Andy and signing up. Take care, guys and girls. See you all soon. Spoken label. Spoken label.